this Friday. Your favorite emotions are back on the big screen in Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. It's time to greet your Team Riley. It's anger. Let me at him. Fear. Safety checklist is complete. Disgust. Ew, ew. Ugh. Sadness is in the house. Oh, no. Hello, I'm anxiety. I'm one of Riley's new emotions. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. There's a part two? We're going. Ready PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only theaters Friday. Get tickets now. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Oh, howdy-ho, officer. We've had a doozy of a day. There we were minding our own business, just doing some chores around the house when kids started killing themselves all over my property. Well, were they psychos? They look like psychos? Is that what they look like? They were vampires. Psychos do not explode when sunlight hits them. I don't give a fuck how crazy they are. So, 1,100 men went in the war. 316 men come out, the sharks took the rest, June the 29th, 1945. Well, what do we do? Why don't we just wait here for a little while? See what happens. Welcome back to Death Rattle Horror Podcast. Thanks for joining us. We are your darlings of darkness, your mistresses of the macabre. Join us as we guide you into the depths. On tonight's episode, we are continuing a series which we started back in the Stone Age of 2017, when we previously had a different horror podcast with pretty much all the same people called Sinister Sisters. That was yes. 2017. Holy shit. I know. Isn't that two years ago? How? I know. So, you know, as many horror fans know, we're in the midst of a horror renaissance, which I don't really want to talk about it too much because we might jinx it, but it's, you know, the last, <laughs> yeah. the last several years have been just such a, a boon to the genre. There's been so many amazing new movies and directors. So... We started a series called Directors of the Horror Renaissance, but we only got two in <laughs> on the long list. So tonight we are mm. continuing that series, and I will probably soon release the previous two directors we discussed uh, from the Sinister Sisters episode, just as bonus episodes. So tonight, the chosen director is going to be Adam Wingard, and we're going to be discussing three of his full-length movies. So... I've got with me Bloody Mary and Samara Morgan. Hi. Hi. And I'm, as always, Lola Stone, ready to make you my prom date forever. (laughs) (laughs) Set with my screw gun. (laughs) So, what'd you call it? I said with my screw gun. Screw gun. That sounds dirty. That sounds like it could be a good drink. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Either way, you're getting fucked up. Yeah. Either way. 
So, Bloody Mary, would you like to introduce the first chronological movie of his? Oh, great, yeah. So, uh, the first movie we're talking about is Your Next. <laughs> the, uh, uh, that's the title of the movie, <laughs> not... <laughs> Not my plans for this evening. <laughs> You're next. Ooh, um, it was released in... Yes. It's Sinister. Uh, no. uh, oh, okay. Well, I'll work on it. Okay. That is that is my sinister voice. I'll it's work sinister. on it. Uh, it's Sinister. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it was released in 2011. And uh, I think that... Uh, as we discuss his movies going forward, I think it establishes like a fairly central theme that reappears quite a bit in his movies, which is you never quite know people. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, you know, just uh, always foster a little bit of healthy skepticism. Keep, uh, <laughs> Keep your guard up, and you never know when those survival survivalist skills are going to come in handy. That's very true. I mean, that so. could that survivalism is definitely present in all three of the movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's mm-hmm. true. So, guys, stay in Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts because that you never know when you're going to need. But it. don't become an Eagle Scout because otherwise you'll end up marrying your first girlfriend and never leaving your hometown. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Eagle Scout is where the serial killers are born. <laughs> and and the Mormons. <laughs> right. I'm dying laughing because one of my girlfriend's kids just became an Eagle Scout this year. Is he marrying yeah. his girlfriend, Rebecca, no. Rebecca, that he met Rebecca. in sixth grade? <laughs> no, and I'm just laughing because I'm like, he's absolutely adorable. He's super smart. He's just an overall a good person in general. But he's one of those people that's like so good that you're like, oh, honey, somebody's gonna take advantage of you. Then you need to, you, you need to watch some horror movies with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. That that's the thing. You just he's just so wholesome. That's the problem. Yeah. It yeah. should be part of like a high school curriculum. Like, um, you need to watch movies where like your best friend murders you, or your mm-hmm. read true crime stories about your husband murdering you, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Because you know, you never really know anyone. Well, and that's the th- I and I feel like you know your next is is definitely a step in that direction because it's like you think what could go wrong? I'm meeting this just a little family get together at a cabin in the woods. <laughs> never, never you been know? a problem before. Never. Do you want to, des- do you want to describe the plot of the movie? <laughs> Yeah. In case, yeah, in case exactly. somebody hasn't but, yeah, seen it you... and just wants us to immediately spoil it for them. <laughs> right, okay. Well, I, you know, I'm not really sure. Uh, I mean, we don't want to. Spoilers well, are, are going to abound, you know? Yeah. And it, it I came mean, out guys, so long ago if you haven't yeah. seen it at this point. Come on. Yeah, it was like And honestly, grow up. <laughs> it's a horror movie. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah, people like, are going to die. Calm down. Yeah. Like, nearly everybody. Mm-hmm. But, um, so, but I, the the premise of the movie is that it, like, um, Eels, or them, uh, or the strangers, uh, it's a home invasion, but it's also not, 
it's a it's a vacation home, so it's not exactly your home, mm -hmm. right? So, because I think that that's a very particular fear you also have is like, you know, if you're at a lake house or a cabin, is that you're not close to resources, yeah. you're isolated. Mm -hmm. Um, how well do you know the people you're with? Like if there's a crisis. So I think that's kind of the theme of it. Um, and so there's, uh, there is a break in and what, what I think is the, the most badass element of this whole film is that there is one person who is uniquely qualified to handle this madness which is the female lead, who we find out just happened to be raised in a survivalist sort of religious commune environment, which, I, you know, I was raised super religious, so I, I, I knew the people who were just a step beyond where I was, mm -hmm. and it's a little kooky. Um, so she was like, oh, not today, Satan. <laughs> Not today. I, I like the fact that he gave her a reason to be able to be kicking ass. Like, she's not just a... Yes. She's not just a random final girl that suddenly knows karate, you know? She's got a legitimate character trait that is why she's able to survive. Hmm. And it's not forced upon her either. And, like, that, there's another movie that came out recently that literally has the exact same character. She grew up in a... Like, her dad taught her how to survive and all this other stuff. And it's kind of forced it's it, but with this character it doesn't feel like that it feels um very like it's part of her and it's mentioned like for third for like a literal two second info dump mm -hmm. and then it the plot moves on <laughs> what what movie were you talking about um i'm gonna have to look it up while we're talking because i cannot oh, remember geez. the name of it but it literally only came out like a couple years it came out like maybe in the last year or so and i was like this seems like, you're next. Like, the whole time I was watching the movie, that's all I kept thinking. It sounds like Hannah. Is that's that what I was what... thinking. Hannah. Yeah. I... But well, it... well, it does sound like that, but it's not that, because I okay. haven't seen that yet, and it's an actual movie. I've seen the whole thing, like, all the way beginning to end. Okay. <laughs> I haven't seen that one yet, although I've seen a million previews for it. Yeah. So. Wow. Well, but the, the, po the, the other thing, too, is that while I absolutely love, like, uh, having that sort of marvelesque female heroine um or like a buffy the vampire slayer what i i do love about this is sort of you know and unlike other sort of finer girl tropes where it, it just seems like a matter of luck i just feel like you hardly ever get a feeling where the character is making all the decisions you hope she will Hmm. You know, like it, she's, she's, she's physically capable, but she's clever. And then you're like, God, if I just hope that if I'm ever in a, in a similar situation, that whatever skill sets that I have, that I could adapt to that situation, I could use them similarly, you know, like if, even if I'm at a disadvantage, like Mostly, guys, what your skill set is kicking them in the nuts. I just want you to know. I also learned if you uh, apply even a um, you know modicum of pressure right here, like on the <gasps> yep. on the nose going up, mm -hmm. that shit hurts. 
Like yeah, that's one of the that's one of the techniques they teach in um like not survivalist training but like female defense training is they basically teach you to take the the butt of your hand and just jam it into their nose as hard as you can. And it's supposed to just it, you like see stars. We all know I mean we all know how it is if it's a little bit too cold and you sneeze and your nose oh. just goes, ah! it's that feeling, but like to the nth degree. <laughs> also, my personal favorite, open hand slap to the ear. <laughs> mm-hmm. Pop Ooh, that ear down. I do like that. Yep. I do like that. That that was my favorite as a child. <laughs> you sound lovely as a child. <laughs> also, kick their instep with your, uh, the side of your foot, like as hard as you can. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. So <laughs> that reminds me of the one thing I ever learned from the Miss Congeniality movie. From the what um, movie? Miss Congeniality with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> okay. She, it's not something you'd ever think you would learn anything from because it's a dumb comedy. But she's a cop that goes undercover in a beauty pageant and her talent is self-defense. So she does what's called the sing technique, which is solar plexus, solar plexus instep, nose, and groin. So it's hit them in, elbow them in the solar plexus, hit them, uh, step on their instep, smash them in the nose, and then kick them in the groin. And then nice. <laughs> My, uh, I, I took self-defense a million years ago, um, just like a couple classes, but now my self-defense is just weighing a lot. <laughs> mm. yeah, Ain't nobody going to carry me away. <laughs> no. Unless you're like the Hulk. <laughs> but, um, yeah, so the... There, I think there's a, probably a way we can maintain the spoiler of who the invaders are. Yeah, it's an eight-year-old movie. Eh. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, what what we what we come to realize is that it was very similar to a lot of true crime stories, where it was a son who was uh, a little greedy about his inheritance and couldn't wait for people to die a natural death and was hoping to fake this sort of home invasion having no idea that uh that there was going to be a ninja invited (laughs) to the party and so that that plays out really beautifully that that she thwarts the plans but i do think that you know, it was unexpected um, viewing it. And I also do think that it's, again, it's sort of a, another theme that shows up where, you know, it's just, it's it's really hard to, you just never know who you're dealing with, hmm. you know? And, and it, it's not, like, whatever comfort level you develop with people, you know, it it never hurts to be a little bit paranoid. I mean, yeah, even your siblings or your, you know, spouse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I'm super paranoid <laughs> and it's never done me wrong. Yeah. I'm alone, but I mean, my clone isn't out there having a great life. I know that for sure. Paranoia, paranoia. <laughs> I just heard that song on the radio yesterday. I was like, Oh my God, I haven't heard the song since like high school. Oh. Yeah, everybody's coming to get me. So ridiculous. But um yeah, no, I, I liked it because, you know, it totally it it tr- tricks the viewer. You know, you're totally sympathizing with 
all these people in the house. You're like, I'm on all of their sides. I want to all survive. But then you realize that, like, what is it, like, four of them or something are actually the bad guys. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. And that's the other thing is that, you know, the guest, the female lead, she she also doesn't know that she's been fighting tooth and nail to defend people that were essentially trying to get her killed, hmm. you know? I mean, they, they didn't really know. She, she was disposable, but she didn't know that, you know? So. Yeah, it's just kind of, it's kind of weird because she is, you know, supposed to be disposable. I forgot, was her boyfriend trying to kill her too, or did he want her to be in on it? He wanted her to be in on it so she could oh. be the witness mm. to all the right. other deaths. Gotcha. And it was, it was, yeah, it was supposed to be him and one of his other brothers that were in on it, and then his other brother's girlfriend. Gotcha. So it was supposed to be like the two girls were going to be the witnesses because they weren't part of the family, you know. And it's yeah, they just didn't anticipate. <laughs> he actually has a line that goes, "We just didn't anticipate you'd be so good at killing people." <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> Oh, it was great. You know, I was, it was great. I was really disappointed that uh, Barbara Crampton was, like, dispatched so quickly. So quickly. I know. I know. She's, like, a and, script it, queen, final girl, like, in so mm-hmm. many movies. And then in this movie, she's kind of just, like, a bland mother character that gets mur- I, She's the first one to die? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but at least well, she's the first in the family know, to die, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but at least she's getting a check, you that's know. True. Like, that, that's the thing. You know, there was like uh I was watching um the American Crime Story of Versace and Ooh. what I loved about it wasn't even the story. It's that it was such like a gay fantasy, like mm-hmm. even the bit parts mm-hmm. had like the most fantastic like gay diva icons, <laughs> you know, like that, like n- not an opportunity was wasted. It was like, oh, wait a second, she's from Raging Bull. I love her. And she was like essentially just there to say that she saw him at a pawn shop. Uh-huh. And I was like, you know, but it, she got a check, okay? I'm not like, sure a character from but... Raging Bull would be a gay diva icon. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you would, I'll, I'll, audience, I'm going to send her a picture because she's fantastic. I just I'll can't let think you know if I I'm become old. convinced. <laughs> yeah, no, she's fantastic. Okay. She's like the Jennifer Tilly before Jennifer Gina Tilly. Gershon? <laughs> no, no, but I do love her yeah, as well. Yeah, she's like the other Jennifer Tilly. Yeah, no, that's true. And when they're together, it's oh, like... Oh, you've told me about every... your issues with Bound and how it made you confused. <laughs> yeah, it makes you gay. Like, you can't help it. <laughs> I mean, like my... I didn't turn gay. I saw it. <laughs> I mean, well, maybe it just turns me gay for like an hour and a half. Okay, but, but then you... Yeah, that's pretty much what it does. Then you, then you <laughs> revert is... back to Keanu status. <laughs> Yep. That's right. And then I saw an interview with Keanu and I got pregnant. <laughs> and I got pregnant watching The Guest last night because Dan Stevens oh. is sex oh. in the mouth hot in that movie. Oh, yeah. Wait, are you saying sex in the mouth hot? Mm-hmm. Yes, that is a phrase that I have not used in like 12 years. <laughs> okay, so I, wow, that is descriptive and I'm on board. He is, he is 
I don't even ever go for blondes, but he is fine. <laughs> for lack of a better... He, he would get, like, a seven-syllable damn. <laughs> yeah, I. it is weird that... Okay, well, this is a really natural transition, so I think we should go into the guests since we're having sex in our mouths. Okay. <laughs> Who doesn't have sex in the mouth sometimes? Yeah. Pete. People wasted their lives. We all go a little mm. sex in the mouth sometimes. Sometimes. <laughs> so The Guest came out in 2014. It stars Dan Stevens, Micah Monroe, um, the guy from The Wire that's tall and black. <laughs> <laughs> that could be at least 10 the, people. Are you like Idris Elba? No, no, no. The, no, the, not Idris, the really no. tall guy that's a cop. That's, the tall, like, skinny uh, guy. The one yeah. that's like having a, a some sort of an affair with the the chick that he works with, the redhead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's in the wire as a cop. Or, he's also in the guest as a cop or a military police, whatever. Anyways, so the guest is really a genre mashup. It's like suspense, mystery, thriller, and a bit of horror and even some action. So it's about this family that a random super hot stranger knocks on their door <laughs> knocks on their door after having just knocks on the door jogged yeah. there with his like backpack and he says that he's he was a friend of their son who had died while in the military overseas and he says that he had been with their son when he passed away and even shows them a picture that they have of their son and he's in the picture as well so you know they they're still very torn up over the death of their son. He was young. He's in his 20s. And, you know, they, they're like, okay, well, maybe having this guy hang out with us for a couple of days will be a good way to, like, get some sort of closure. You know, we can learn more about our son and how he was in the military and that kind of thing. And just kind of, you know, get some life back into the house because it's been really stilted and everybody's just been all depressed and, like, that kind of thing. Sure. So... He comes into the house, and he's he ends up just staying with them. They're like, yeah, just, um, you can stay in Caleb's room. That's their dead son. And, um, because he is, he, to he tells him he's just discharged from the army. So, he's, like, at a loose end. You know, he's got nothing to do. And so, the family is a mom and a dad, and then a daughter that's 20, and a son that's, like, what, 13, 14? <laughs> right. Something like that, yeah. Something like that. He's in a high school. Yeah. Um, you can tell we're all mothers because we can gauge the age of children so he's accurately. Somewhere between, <laughs> he's somewhere between Something like 7 to 15. <laughs> yeah, like right, um, right. somewhere in that area. He's not wearing diapers, I can tell you that much. Yeah. <laughs> um, so the family's all like super welcoming to him, except for the daughter. She's just kind of, it's hard to say why she's kind of like sketched out towards him. Like whether she just doesn't want the old wounds of their you know, dead son reopened or if she's got like a weird vibe about this guy. But eventually after she sees him topless, <laughs> no, she, okay. uh, her mind is like pretty much immediately changed, which is kind yeah. of insulting. <laughs> hey, it, it has, it's happened to the best of us. Well, she's like all suspicious and dislikes him. And then he comes out of the shower topless and she's like, Oh, never mind. I just got pregnant. <laughs> right. Yeah, that's how I, I ruined my credit the first time, so, yeah. What? 
Some guy came out of the shower topless? No, I'm just saying, like, it just happens. Like, I'm like, this sounds like a terrible idea. And then, you know, I saw a guy... I'm going to date this musician I, and I'm spend all my money on him and rack up some credit. And yeah, it'll be fine. Oh my God, that sounds like my last relationship. Holy shit. Yeah, see, it happens. That sounds like... Literally was dating a guitarist and got like was like $15,000 in debt by the time I got out of that relationship. My last Thank serious you. relationship oh. was a drummer and I got a lot of debt out of it and not much else. Not much else. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm saying we're... Yeah, parallel lives. Hey, by the way... Also, it was there in young. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Young women out there, let me just tell you. Musicians um, will not leave their band for you. Don't date them. Mm-mm, Unless no. you're below the age of 22, don't date musicians. Yep, if they're 30 not. and they're still trying to make it in music, tell that boy fuck off. Yeah, that's right. You can that's fuck right. them all you want, but don't go, don't start a relationship no, with Don't that. give them your pin don't number. Expect, no. Don't expect anything out of that. Don't let him drive your car. <laughs> nope. <laughs> Nope. Don't let them meet any one of your friends because they're going to have sex with them. Yeah, immediately. Which also uh, happens anyway. in this movie. So, mm-hmm. uh, well, there we go. She starts to kind of soften up towards him and takes him to a party, meets all of her friends. He hooks up with her one friend and he meets another guy. And up to this movie, or up to this point in the movie, you're kind of like, what is the mystery? You know, like, what's going on? Like, there's a weird vibe. But going in cold, like I did the first time, you have no idea what kind of movie this is, you know? There's, like, no obvious genre so far. Hmm. Um, But then he asks one of her friends if he can get him a gun. He's a drug dealer and a dealer of other things. So he's like, yeah, I can get you a gun. So in walks, or enter a creepy, scuzzy-looking Ethan Embry. (laughs) Yeah, that's mm. who that was. Oh my god! I know. I for- it was driving me crazy the other night. I was like, "Who is this guy?" I forgot he was in that movie, and then he showed up, and I laughed. I I laughed hysterically for a second because I was like, <laughs> "I forgot how crappy he looks without his luscious locks, mm. <laughs> without his wig." I know. Um, so Ethan Embry is a, you know a gun dealer, and this is where this movie type starts to take a turn towards like a thriller because. You know, the guy who's basically presented himself as this kind of southern gentleman, salt of the earth guy, is like, yeah, I want all of your guns. And he's the guy's like, well, you can buy them. And he's like, no, I'm going to kill you. And mm-hmm. it's great because it's just like the movie changes on a dime, but his like, his speech and everything does not change at all. He just says it in the no. exact same way. And, you know, they're like, uh, what? So he just fucking murders both of them. And then the movie takes a turn into sinister territory and it gets crazier from there and even more crazy. <laughs> <laughs> that is my uh, not so succinct uh, description of the plot. Yeah, one of my favorite things about The Guest is the soundtrack. Yes! Uh, so good. It was, it kind of started the trend of that synth wave background music like to horror movies and it's kind of started the trend and like uh stranger things kind of continued on that trend yeah that's part of the reason i really like that but like it follows how to had a score like that yeah and yeah it's just it's um i was watching an interview with the guy who wrote all three of these movies with and with adam wingard uh, he wrote them and adam directed them and he was saying that um 
for your for uh specifically for the guest it was like so wait so this scene could have this this song in it right and this scene's gonna have this song in it and they were just kind of like trying to find songs that fit with everything that was going on in the scene but kept in the genre and it was all based on the daughter's liking of music and certain and a certain type of music so that everything was kind of the soundtrack to her life and i was like that's kind of cool yeah yeah and it's like um yeah, she likes to make mix CDs, even though this is 2014, not 2004. <laughs> yeah, I don't. But, I didn't I know mean... <laughs> people still listened to CDs back then. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, I threw all my CDs away like ten years ago. But um, it's cool because you know she becomes the sort of protagonist her- heroine, even though mm-hmm. the movie is not really focused on her from the beginning. You know, she's in it, but it's also equally like the parents and everything. So you're not really sure, like, where this movie's going to go, what direction, until, like, probably two-thirds of the way through, you're like, okay, this is turning into a completely different kind of movie than I expected. Hmm. And um, I love how incredibly, like, stylized it was. Like, it was so visually interesting, like, pretty much throughout the movie, you know? There's... Especially, like, the end scene, you know, where they're in this, like, Halloween tunnel, and Mm -hmm. there's all this fog, and it's her mix CD playing that she made for him, Mm -hmm. (gasps) and that's the soundtrack of this, like, cat and mouse, final cat and mouse thing, and it's just such a gorgeous scene, and it's like, they're walking along the fog, you know, they're, like, clearing it away with their feet, looking for, you know, guns or dead bodies or whatever, and it's just so good looking and it's like the it's like one of those movies that's stylish but it's also got a lot of substance and really mm. yeah really good acting i thought dan stevens was so good like he was amazing as just like a charming psychopath and just an aside for dan stevens because you know i like i think most audiences were introduced to him through downton abbey mm-hmm. where you know very like patrician sort of cold-blooded type or not cold-blooded but cold fish um but um i saw him i saw the when i saw the first season of and i would love for you to be able to edit in the name of the show that he was in that I'm forgetting right Downton now. Downton Abbey? No, the oh. X-Men one where he... Oh. No, what? Yeah, because I like, just now remembered Legends it. Legends of Legion? Tomorrow? <laughs> no, okay, can you see my I phone just made now? that word, yeah. up, that name up anyways. Uh, let me see. I can't remember yeah. everything that he's been in, but let's see. No, it was Legion. Was say, Jesus Legion. Christ! Yeah, that's what oh, I didn't know that was Sorry. an X Men thing. <laughs> yeah, okay. it's kind I just of like wanna... an X Men horror thing a little bit. Oh, yeah. I just yeah. want to apologize to the listener. I uh, I have a a short term and long term memory issue. <laughs> um. So, uh, but I I got there. My point is is that when he was in Legion, I was like. Son of a bitch, this guy can act. Hmm. I mean, like, he can act. Like, he will do what you need to get done, you know? Like, it was heavy lifting. Heavy lifting acting. So I really did. I I didn't realize, you know, it's like 
would you have and I think that film was the vehicle that allowed people to see what he was capable of that he could do that he wasn't like a gonna just be a prince charming in every role that you know he could really take on a, a more sinister more nuanced uh you know performances but I mean like he I mean, that's the thing. It's like there's there are times where the where the parts are bigger than the actor, but like he really he he can really, uh, you know, like Robert Downey Jr. is that type of guy too, where it's like he can just meet the standard. Like, what, you know, there's not something that's too big for him. Like he can he can meet the standard. So anyway, that's all. Yeah, I'm kind of surprised that uh, his Dan's career didn't like take off more after this movie because. I know that he got a lot of, like, kudos for his role because he was just really good at, you know, being a psychopath without, like, hamming it up, you know? Because he, right. he maintains the, like, weird southern charm. Because even at the end of the movie when he's, like, we th we think mortally wounded, he's, like, he tells the kid who he's always been giving this pep talk, the younger boy, he's, like, well done. You did the right thing. I'm not mad at all. Yeah. It's funny because um, I wasn't really paying attention to the pep talk for the first time I ever saw this movie. And it wasn't until I saw this interview that I was watching today that um, I realized that the pe entire pep talk is don't trust anybody. The world sucks. The world is violent. Kill anybody that gets in your way. And I was like, oh, my God, you're right. Because he literally tells him, you know, if you bring a knife to school... They can just take it off you, and you're going to get in trouble for it. If somebody fucks with you, you go to their house, and you burn their entire house down with their family in it. And I was like, right. I know. I miss that the first time around? <laughs> but, like, at the end, when he's, he takes the knife that David gave him, he takes the knife and stabs him with it, and, and he's dying, and he's like, good job, thumbs up, you did it, don't be scared, don't be sad, you did what you were supposed to do. And I'm like, okay... Like, there's not a, there's not a lesson to be taken from this movie other than don't open your door to hot strangers. Like, <laughs> well, that's about right. it. Well, the thing is, it's like, I didn't realize this, I guess, the first time around, because I, I don't know, it was like a million years ago. Um, he's, he was actually part of this, like, government experiment, and he became, like, this perfect killing machine, and he managed to, like, escape from the government, and I missed this part was where he's got this built-in thing where if he thinks that his true identity is compromised, he will tie up any loose ends, which is why he's totally pragmatic when he's, you know, going to murder a girl that he hooked up with and the mom and dad of the mm. family. He's just like, mm -hmm. I sure am sorry about this, man, and, like, stabs her. And it's, yeah, right. he's just so... He's not even, like... He's not even evil, you know? He doesn't come across that yeah. way. He comes across as just totally pragmatic, just tying up loose ends with the government, you know? Hmm. And, uh, yeah, it totally made a lot more sense with the character. And um, so it's like you you almost like him still because he's, like, hmm. he, he, he's there was... to, like, help the family, but then as soon as, like, you know, um, the situation changes, he's like, okay, he's kind of like a robot, you know? <laughs> hmm. And I, you know, but I, I also think that it follows, 
you know, that sort of trend that he's established in other areas, like, of his work, which is, again, it's, like, when you meet a psychopath, like, you never think that they're a psychopath mm. until it's way too late. Mm. Right, yeah. You know, it, 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 that's the that's sort of the lesson of all of these films is that, you know, it's... <laughs> Except for the third one. <laughs> which, I, I think the lesson of that film is sometimes just don't say yes to projects. Yeah. Yeah. It's okay yeah. to say no. <laughs> Very true. Yeah. Um... So who's oh it's Lori you yes. get the yes. honor I get the honor of Blair Witch yeah which I uh I actually watched on the plane going to Houston but when I was just there that's and, a, that um, sounds like a terrible terrible combination of events <laughs> I, know, I know sorry I know yeah I happen to be in Houston the for the only week of the entire month that it is colder in Houston than it is in Boston wow that's crazy yeah wow and I had to go shopping for jackets for two days because. Evidently, Houston never gets down into the 30s, so they don't sell no. jackets ever. Wow. No. <laughs> I was like, what yeah. is this? Sadly, that is my hometown, and I can tell you that I never owned a coat, so... Mm-hmm. I, w- I was yeah. quite It upset. was a freak occurrence. You guys, yeah. Yeah, sh- guys should have met up and me. like hung out and had frittatas. Oh, I know. If I, <laughs> I know. If I didn't I d- have work, yeah. so. Well, and I don't live there anymore, but... Oh. Yeah. Texas is, is big. <gasps> Bigger than it should be. Yeah. It's, you don't think it's as big as it is until you're like, oh, wait, Houston and Dallas are a solid four and a half hours away from each other? Yeah. <laughs> wait a second. Uh, it's like yeah, for it's... me driving from Boston to New York. Like from Boston yeah, it's, to Manhattan, it's, it's the same distance. Excuse me. I think it's I like 15. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're the only one that gets to, like, you're, like, there's only one other person who could shame the size of Texas, and it's you. Yeah, so. two and a yep. half times it's Alaska. the size of Texas. <laughs> of Texas, exactly. Alaska. <laughs> little Massachusetts Alaska. over here with its armpit, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, and how much is, like, well, you know what? We can have Alaska hours <laughs> another time, but. I mean, how much of it's habitable? Very little. Is there an actual? There's one yeah, person okay. per square mile. That's all you need to know. Oh, wow. Jesus Christ. I know. <laughs> so, so on, Blair Witch. So, onto the Burkittsville Forest, speaking of one person's first Oh, my God. Um, so, this movie came out in 2016, and I never bothered to watch it. I didn't care about it, didn't care that it was a reboot, was like, whatever, don't really give a shit. And, uh... 2018 was some type of anniversary for Blair Witch. I can't remember. It was the okay. So, um, yeah, it was some. I don't know. It was some. Weird it would have to be 20. It would have no. to be 20 years. One. I think the original came out in like 99 because I saw it in theaters and I was not a sixth grader. <laughs> oh, um, maybe 15. I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the only reason I had started to watch it was because um. A, I had a cute long flight and needed something to kill the time. But the um, another uh, podcast, another horror podcast I listened to, did a retrospective on the entire series, including um, all of the comic books, the video games, um, all that stuff. So, oh, you know what it was? They did it in nineteen ninety. It was it, it, the movie came out in nineteen ninety nine, and it was their February of this year episode. 
So it was, they were saying this uh, year was the anniversary episode. Oh, okay. That makes so much more sense now. Uh, but they went literally through the entire plot of every single piece of, of media, of history, of everything to do, tie in the entire Blair Witch story. So I actually wow. learned the entire like history of everything. And I had seen the first and second movie. Um, and I had seen all of the sci-fi tie-ins that they had made for the movie. So I was like... I didn't eh. know that was a thing. <laughs> yeah. The, um, the first movie, the whole premise of the first, the whole like advertising thing for the first movie was, this is a true story. These ch- these kids went out and never came back, yada, yada. And in order to bolster that, they hooked up with, the two directors hooked up with the sci-fi channel. Um, yeah, And that's made this right. whole thing that was like a... a, a a mockumentary about a mockumentary mm-hmm. <laughs> about going out into the woods and everything like that. And there was a um, website, I remember very oh yeah, specifically oh yeah, the website and, oh yeah, scouring was, the website for information yeah. because I was like 14 and I totally bought into their viral marketing. I was, oh you yeah. know, right at the upper range of, you know, acceptable ages to believe in that. But also, mm-hmm. yeah. they invent, you know, they didn't invent viral marketing, but they made it massive you know yeah it was definitely one of the first viral marketing campaigns that knew how to use all of the media that was available to them at the time it wasn't just tv radio and trailers they also figured out a way to bring the internet into it at a time still when the internet wasn't the go-to for much yeah you know it was like it was it was it was only like still had 99 like yeah, yeah, and it's like we still had AIM, we still had you know it's like we still had AOL was like you know a thing, you would still get the CDs in the mail with the AOL minutes on it like that's how bad that's how old it was. I was on ICQ all day. Oh, oh my god. god, ICQ! Holy shit! I know. You gonna use your Netscape browser? Oh to god! All that shit up. So anyway, wow. The reboot of Blair Witch. Um, the reboot of Blair Witch is. The opposite of a everything direct, we just said. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a direct sequel to the first one. It basically forgets that the second one ever even happened, which is perfectly fine. It's for the best. It's for the best. It's for the best. Yeah, we should, I could talk about the second movie for a whole episode just by myself, just ranting about it. Wasn't the second one, <laughs> like, existing in a universe where Blair Witch original was a movie? Um, no, it, no, it, it actually exists in the same universe and they're just, they're doing, um, uh, tours in the Burkittsville thing and everything. And it starts off weird. It starts off with, um, it starts off with the mockumentary style and then switches into an actual movie. Yeah, it was, a, it was exactly. weird. Yeah, it was weird. Had a great 90s rock and roll soundtrack though. It was like one of those great, like, slightly death metal but not quite mumblecore death metal mumblecore <laughs> death metal is a thing <laughs> oh yes yeah i don't i don't know nothing about no death metal babies oh my god mm. you're missing out <laughs> you're missing out sorry that was like an unintentional gone with the wind sort of ra- racist reference i did not mean to say that yeah <laughs> <laughs> i don't know nothing about birth and no babies it's fine yeah what the hell um, <laughs> All right, brain. So, um, <laughs> so the, the whole movie centers around James, and he is Heather's little brother from the first movie. Heather is the girl that's in the first movie. And he has always had it in his head that she is still alive. He has been looking for her forever. And 
randomly he gets an alert on his computer, which he has alerts set up for any time anyone posts anything in relation to his sister, the two guys that were with her, Blair Witch, Burkittsville, like you name it, anything that has to do with, with that whole situation, he has alerts that ping him. So somebody uploads a video to YouTube that is a ghost in a mirror in a house in the Burkittsville woods. And it's like a one minute clip or something like that. And as he's going through it, he catches this one frame that has a picture of a long haired, like long brown haired girl in a mirror. And he pauses it, plays it back and rewinds it and shows somebody else and says, that's my sister. I know she's still alive. We have to go, you know, we have to go do this. We have to go see if she's there. Um, and on the premise of, of that and it's a senior project for, or like a, for his, a, one of his video classes or something like that too. And so he basically sucks everybody into it based on it's a school project. And then, you know, the other side, side story is we're going to go hunt down this house and see if we can find my sister. Um, so it's, it's a, uh, it, it doesn't have any real twists and turns. It follows the same type of jump scary stuff that's going on with the first movie. Um, one of the things I liked about this is that, um, instead of the handheld shaky cam, which is one of the big issues with the first movie is that I just get nauseous halfway through the movie when they're like running through the woods and the camera's just shaking back and forth. Um, there's still some shaky cam in this, but it's all, um, cameras that they wear over their ear, like a Bluetooth headset that has a camera in it. Um, so it's, it's, it's got some shaky cam in it, but it's not as bad, but it's clear that they didn't film the movie through that piece of technology. Um, but they definitely update a lot of the things that, that are, that they, they take an actual GPS with them. They take a compass with them. They take, you know, a drone with them so that they can try to see up above the canopy of the trees and see if they can find the house that way. They also at one point try to use it to, when they realize that they've been walking in a circle, they, you know, right. they le they get to a point, um, they like cross a river and when, when they're crossing the river, one of the girls that's with them steps on a rock. They have to take their shoes off and she steps on a rock and slices open the bottom of her foot. Mm. So of course she's gimpy the whole rest of the show, uh, rest of the movie. And at one point her foot gets infected. Oh God. Yeah. And she's got the fever and they, we have to get her to right. the hospital. But at one point, like something is in her foot and like pushes out of, of the like spot in her foot, yeah. the, the cut in her foot. And I'm like, okay, that is clearly ripping off the ruins anyway. Right. <laughs> I'm like, wait a second. I've seen that movie and read that book. Go back. Ditto. Um, <laughs> like, and um, so it's like, she's kind of crazy. And then it's, you know, the brother is trying to hold everybody together. And he's not quite sure. And he's a doctor, which gets, you know, at one point he's in med school and, oh, it's the friends, it's the friends school project, not the, do not the brother school project. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, okay. And it's her, you're it's her forgetting, project. you're forgetting a very important element what, here. What, the two goth kids? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. They ended up, they end up going and talking to these two kids who are, um, they live in the area and they go out into the woods all the time and they have, they literally, they are 
if they were going to be making references to the second movie at all, these characters are those references. Yes. Yeah, and it's like, okay, we can kind of, you know. Um, One of but... them uh, played a serial killer. <laughs> that doesn't surprise me. On the ke- the girl. She was a serial killer on yeah. that Kevin Bacon show, The Following. Oh. Um, I watched that show till the bit- yeah. the bitter, bitter end. Yeah. The first season was great. And she was a serial killer during that season. Mm-hmm. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga, Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Well, I'm going to have to add that to my list of to watch when I'm working from home from now on. It's pretty entertaining, you know? It's got like a charming uh, serial killer that has a cult of serial killers that worship him. Oh, isn't that the one with, um... Yeah, oh, with, um... Breaking Bad? Which oh, one? Oh, <laughs> um... The... Jesse Pinkman, the the kid. Who... Oh no no no, that's that's something else entirely. Okay. That's yeah, like the, but the th- I forgot. <laughs> Cult or something like that. Same. It's like same concept. The the gate <laughs> or something. But it it does have the hot dude that played Mark Antony in Rome, uh, right? I Is think so. with the curly brown hair and like. Yeah. I think he's the main serial killer. If that's who you're talking about. Yeah. Um, Anyways, yeah, that was um, a real non sequitur. I know. I know. It was. Yeah. It was our tangent cast. No, it was a good sequitur, but it was way too much of a segue. Well, you know, we're like everybody's mom trying to figure out who played movie. We don't know their names. Mm-hmm. We don't know the names of the movies. Just they're like in. every gaming console will always be a Nintendo. Uh, <laughs> right. No matter what it is. And every <laughs> soft drink is Coke. Yep. Pass, yep. It's pass like me the a hot coke. guy you from the this, show. This yeah. sprite? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Right. How how is that not yeah. how's that not yeah. clear? Clear as the beverage I'm asking for. We're, exactly. We're all elderly thirty somethings. Uh <laughs> right. Just, it happens. just trying to make our way in the world as modern women and we have terrible <laughs> memories. <laughs> It'll happen memories. to you too. You know? You will hit you will hit thirty and all of a sudden be like, What? Huh? What was that? What was yeah. that, that guy in that show? You know, with the the girl from Cheers. <laughs> when I when I was nineteen, I knew everything. Oh yeah, same okay? thing. My recall was on point. You could not point. tell me mm-hmm. shit. I could tell you like the cinematographer from Goodies. I what well, doesn't matter now. I can't even remember the names of my family members. <laughs> it is. Mm-hmm. I, I can just remember, it's, everything is a vague impression of a memory forgotten. It's, but what I did want to say, if, if I could say something positive yeah. about the film. Sure. Is it does play with one of my favorite horror genre tropes, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, time loops. Yes, that, um, I was just going to get to that, is that, yeah, they... Um... Oh, sorry. No, buddy. no, 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 that's okay. Um, I was gonna say they end up um they cross the river and she hurts her foot and then afterwards they realize 
that she's too infected. They really do have to go back. And they go back and they head towards the river, but they never get there. And they realize that they had walked in one giant circle and the uh, sun goes down and they get in a fight with the two goth kids. The two goth kids run off um, and they the sun goes down and they hear like a rustling in the trees. And all of a sudden it's the two goth kids and they're like, oh my God, we can't believe we found you guys. And they're like, you just left like six hours ago. And the kid goes, no, it's been four days. You know, they've been out there forever. And, and the girl is like, the sun never comes up. Then the sun never comes up. We don't know where we are. And, you know, they're trying to feed her because, you know, she's been without food and water for a few days. And um, I, that was the part of the movie that I hated the most. Because. Interesting. That uh, also with like Interstellar, it's like mm-hmm. the weird time change, time difference is like, mm-hmm. it just needlessly makes it silly, in my opinion. But that's just my humble opinion as a modern woman. No, because you know what? <laughs> in this movie, in Blair Witch, I think it worked. I actually kind of really liked the trope of it. I liked the time loop. Um, but when it comes to Interstellar, I completely agree. When it got to that point, I was like, oh my god, we still have another 20 minutes of this movie. Can we please yeah. stop now? Like, I literally got out of that movie and my husband was like, oh my god, that movie was so good. And I'm like, it was pretty. <laughs> Right. I know. That I was, was like, it. that like, movie. That's two hours. I'm never getting back. That movie angered me. I was like, yeah. so much potential, like, and it's like a steaming pile of crap. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, it's so pretty, and that's about it. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, yeah. back to horror. Anyway, so they um <laughs> they start you know the shit starts happening like people start getting pulled up through the trees and. A tree randomly falls on top of somebody and they disappear. And uh, the um, my favorite kill in the whole movie, though, is the girl whose foot gets cut open. She mm. um, comes out of the tent and mm. grabs one of the Blair Witch, like, hangy, fi- like, what are they? I don't know. It's like a stick figure thing in the tree. And snaps right. it in half. And when she snaps it in half, ah! it's one of the ones that has the goth chick's hair on it and she snaps the thing in half and the goth girl snaps in half and is lying folded over on top of herself on the, on the floor on the ground and I was like that is a cool death scene right there that is a cool kill it's like um, um, mm. Suspiria which had the one cool scene <laughs> yeah I know had the one cool scene yeah. Um, but yeah I thought that was or like... Bone Tomahawk hey hey uh... I haven't seen it yet I... neither have okay. I it's on my list it's on my list but you already told me about that part and I'm gonna fast forward Sorry. Yeah. No, I'm glad you told me. I'm going to fast forward. Oh, I don't need that in my like, brain. Oh, watch it. I, I mean, it's the name of the film. Okay. No, it's not the name of the film. It's not Anus Cut. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Touche, buddy. Touche. <laughs> So, I, I'm not too proud to, to give you that. Yeah, no shit, right? Um, so we get to, through all of the deaths and the random deaths and everything, and we get to the end of the movie, and um, we're in the the final scenes of the movie, and as James and Lisa are running through the woods, they come upon the house that they've been looking for this whole time. And, of course, he can hear his sister calling for him in the house. So, Mm-mm. but she can't hear shit. Um, the, the girl that's with him can't hear shit. So he goes running into the house 
And right when you come... Smart. Yeah, no shit, right? I mean, it is pouring rain outside, so I can see going into the house to get out of the rain, maybe. But it's also a haunted house in the middle of a haunted forest, and you're being pursued. And people are dying around you, so maybe not? And, like, Um, time travel, I mean... I'd be, yeah, I'd be but, leaving the area. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, but they don't—they yeah. don't have like they can't—they haven't quite figured that concept out yet. Um, and they actually don't figure it out until really like in the last fifteen minutes of the movie that something is really screwy. Yeah, they're—they're um, they're slow learners. They are slow learners, but um, <laughs> it's a horror movie. They're all slow learners. That's true. Um, mm-hmm. But there's like the end sequence of this movie. The girl ends up running into the house after him. And in the process of running through the house looking for him, there's the same shot that was sent to him on the YouTube link. Oh! Spoiler! Um, so, of, and she's got long brown hair and has, you know, looks just like his sister in this dirty, decrepit mirror. And it's a blink-and-you'll-miss-it shot in the movie. Um, which, because I was watching it on my, um, my tablet... Um, it wasn't as big of a screen as I wished I was watching it on because I did miss it the first time. Because I was like, oh, hey, that's a bathroom. That looks familiar. And we are keeping on going with the movie. And then I was like, I have to rewind this. <laughs> and then when I, I did the same thing that he did in the beginning of the movie is I literally like went back frame by frame and saw what I wanted to see. And I was like, it's a setup. The whole thing was a setup to get him there. So I have a question. So is it like the witch? The witch? somehow got that link from him and emailed it to him back in time? It has to do with the time loop thing again. Because, and uh, It's never explained, but it, it's the Star Trek brain of mine from being such a geek that it's basically, it's a causality loop and it's it, it, ha- it he has to get sent the link so that he will go to create, and the footage will get created so that it then can be sent back in time to him. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's just, it's, I sat there and I watched that and I was like, Thank you for not explaining it because everybody would have been like, um, actually, that's not how that works. Right, right. And would have, they would have gotten mansplained to, to high holy hell. But the other side of me, the super sci-fi geek in me was like, okay, I can, I understand what you're talking about. I know what you're doing. You know, it's a paradox. That's fine. I understand it. Um, but like we get to the real actual end of the movie and they're in the corner and he hears his sister call him again and he turns around and the witch gets him. Yeah, um, I, the, I yelled. Girl, yeah. <laughs> My big thing is, though, the, like, you never see the witch in the first movie, and you never see the witch in the second movie, which is great. In this movie, you actually see the witch, and it's a long, tentacly-fingered, nine-foot-tall, alien-looking thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I don't necessarily know if we needed to see the witch in the first place, but I also don't think it needed to be that. Right. Right. You know, I'm like, one of the things, like, that I liked about, like, for lack of a better, like, thing off the top of my head, the I liked Bird Box because you never saw the friggin' monster. Mm-hmm. You right. know, and it's like, and I saw, you know, concepts for what the monster was supposed to be in that movie, and that movie would have been trash if you had actually seen any of the concepts for the monster. Right. Put to, right. to put to film. Same with like um, Jaws, you know, you don't see the yeah, shark for like thing. the first 70% yeah. of the movie. And, and alien. You don't see them. You don't see the, the alien for a, the first solid half of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So there is something to be said for not seeing something. Um, but one of the things with specifically his movies is whatever the bad thing is, it's always thrown in your face. Mm-hmm. Um, like in your next, it's, I mean, it's a home invasion movie, but it's also a black comedy. So there's a lot of stuff that's thrown in your face to make it funny. But the entire premise is just thrown at you. Right. And then with the guest, you don't get any, any, any exposition. He literally, in the only scene that you think he's going to tell you what's going on, says, it's going to take too long for me to tell you what's going on, and then kills the mother so that he doesn't have to. Right, I know. So we never find out what happened in that movie. But again, it's very in-your-face, very, this is the plot, this is how it's going to happen, and this and this guy is now a psycho killer. Well, there, um, is, there is that scene where the, the guy from The Wire is driving with the Micah Monroe character, and he yeah, explains yeah. the entire plot to her. Like, yeah. we had, like, I was, my suspension of disbelief was uh, barely suspended at that point. Like, this is a government military police guy. He's not going to explain all of this secret project stuff to this yeah. girl. He's going to tell her as little as possible. But yeah. he's going to be like, mm, well, um, but then like in Blair Witch, like, it's the Blair Witch saga is kind of shoved down your throat because it's a Blair Witch movie and they have to remind everybody right. who never saw the other movie like the first movie well what was it um, in 1999 that like what the story was they kind of had to like beat you over the head with that a little bit right? Um, but also to see the monster I was kind of like eh I didn't need to see it and there was a big thing with um, when they realized there's a time when they realized that the time loop thing was an actual thing and that the goth kids weren't like going crazy about it like weren't lying about it. Um, they're up in the attic and all of a sudden um, lights come down through the through the walls in the attic. It's like all these bright lights come down through the walls. And after seeing the witch and seeing that one shot, I can kind of see where some people were like, I. Th- think the writers are trying to make this seem like it's aliens are abducting people and that the witch is an alien just because of the way that the the monster was done yeah like i i can see that but i also understand that because it's a time loop that that's the sun coming up and going down that it happens so fast that you don't even realize that it happened Mm -hmm. um but i don't know this movie i like i said it's 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 an interesting it's an interesting movie in the Blair Witch Saga. It's not an interesting movie from him. Um, one of the things I really like about him as a director is that his movies are very unique. And they're not like anything else that's been out there before. Yeah, Your Next is a, is a home invasion movie. But it's it, it's a cabin in the woods home invasion movie that turns it's, turns everything kind of on its head. Yeah. Um, you know, so it, it's not your typical... Um, and it's literally like all of his friends. I mean, Ty West is in that movie for Christ's sake. You know, right. it's like literally him and all of his friends got together and made this fucking movie. <laughs> yeah, like, he right, like whatever. He like casts all of his buddies like from yeah. the Mumblecore days. Like yeah, so it was just like uh, AJ Bowen and like Joe Swanberg and like yeah, they they're like a little you know click. <laughs> they are, and like they're all in each other's movies, and um, all of his movies have been written by the same person. Like all three of these movies were written by the same person with him. Who's the writer? Um, can I can I interject really sure. quickly? I think um, what is unique about 
um, he, him as a director, mm-hmm. and it, it works with the time loop theme is that he is, and, and this comes out of that sort of, the that same movement you were talking about, is that he's a show don't tell. Yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. And, and he, there are some directors that are sympathetic towards the viewer. He is not that director. No. no. Like, he does not spare you. And, and I think that's kind of like, like the lead in uh, the guest where, you know, it, it it's a, it's cruel to be kind, mm. right? Mm-hmm. Like he 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 feels like even though this you know this is violent and it feels like an assault, he's like, I'm I am making you, um, I am preparing you for a cruel world, right? Yeah. Right? So like the Eagle Scout we were talking about <laughs> earlier, yeah. Um, it was like, you know, I know that you can't understand this. And I think as a viewer too, it's just like, I'm not, I'm not alluding to anything. I'm showing you what's happening. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, and I, and I think it pays off in in most ways it pays off. But the time trope, uh, I watched, uh, it was like an under the radar horror that is on prime now called the triangle. Oh, I love that movie. Girl! (laughs) We'll have to to talk Mm -hmm. about this because I I liked it more than I thought I was going to. But but it was, that was when I realized why it's so effective in this genre Mm -hmm. is because it is, that is what trauma feels like. Mm Mm-hmm. You you replay it in your head, and you think, if I could have just done this or yep. this or this, how would it have played out differently? You know, had I known this at this moment, and we all do that. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, we that that trauma traps you in that loop, and you know it. It's it also it it doesn't accurately. You, it's not an accurate reflection of time. It feels so slow, mm-hmm. and then when somebody tells you it was five years ago, you're like, it feels like it was yesterday, yep. you know? Yep. So, and I, I, I just think that, you know, a lot of times while movies may not work in their entirety, they can introduce themes or they can introduce ideas that... Um, it can be picked up and used to better effect. Hmm. And, you know, yeah. it, you, you just never know what, uh, you know, uh, I just, I just appreciate anybody's creative endeavors at hmm. this point. I'm like, it, it's hard for me to be critical of, of what anybody does anymore because hmm. like, I mean, I can barely do a text message without an editing <laughs> error. So, yeah, you know, it's like it, it, it's like if somebody you know puts passion it's it's again when I was 19 you couldn't tell me shit and you know if it was anything less than a masterpiece you know Mm -hmm. but like now like everything's a masterpiece you know (laughs) I just I just feel like like, um it's funny because the writer's name is Simon Barrett and um, oh yeah 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 that's it yeah and it's funny because um he's interviewer was watching in the movies too Yep, he is, and he's in all of them. Yeah. Um, and it was funny because he said, um, they actually, they did your next, 
signed to do Blair Witch and were like, oh. but we have to go do this other thing really quick. And they made the guest and then they came back Whoa. and made Blair Witch. So I kind of feel like um, their point of view, just as a collaboration, like the two of them, they're very big into it needs to be a genre movie that is not necessarily a genre movie. Um, yeah. And it needs to kind of turn everything on its head. And then when the Blair Witch to me just feels like they were given like, here's the history of everything Blair Witch. Forget this happened and forget this happened. And just here's everything that you need to do now. Make a new story. Yeah. It, it's an okay movie. It's not a bad movie by any... I mean, it's not a horrible movie. It's not necessarily a bad movie. It's not fantastic either. It's kind of middle of the road. I've seen it. I don't have to ever see it again. If, <laughs> if we do, like, a Blair Witch retrospective, obviously I'll watch it again. But, I mean, it's like, I'm not going to watch it again unless I have to. It's not something that I'm going to, like, jump out for. Yeah. But now that I have seen all of his major movies, I want to go back and watch Death Note now because... That's his, and I had no desire to watch it because I'm not a huge fan of Death Note in the first place, other than watching the character from Death Note do the apple pen, pineapple pen thing, which is fucking hysterical <laughs> to watch that. But that's, like, the closest I've ever gotten to that series. I've never read the, the manga. I've never, like, watched anything about it. Never seen the anime anything. So I'm like, I kind of want to go back and, and watch that now that I've seen... I Now that I've realized I've seen all of his things and... I've seen them all in succession and kind of know a little bit more about his point of view. I kind of want to see that. Um, but something that I wanted to mention about you going all the way back to your next is that movie has one of the best horror movie kills I have ever seen. Yes, Blender um, to the Head. Well, Blender to the Head is the second best. Okay. The first best oh. was the garrot wire at yeah. the front door. That was I shocking. No one saw that like, coming. <laughs> nobody saw that coming. And it was funny because when I was rewatching the movie again, I since I knew it was coming, I was looking for it. And there is actually, because of the way that the shot is filmed, if you're watching the door, you can see the light flicker on the on the wire. Oh. So you can see that there's something there. And I was like, I just wasn't paying attention. I needed to pay attention more to this and I would have caught that. Interesting. It was so cool though to watch that the very first time you've ever seen you ever watched that movie i know it's just like it's, oh my god because i've never seen a kill like that before so it was again it was something unique to throw out into the genre i've never seen somebody run through a door and get their head sliced off like that and it, it's just the movie itself has like the blender to the head thing mm -hmm. that is so funny yeah it's, it's so cool it's, it's hilarious <laughs> it's not even like it's not even scary or gross. It's hilarious no, because it's just hilarious. you hate that character and you're glad that happened. Oh, yeah. yeah. By this point in the movie, you hate that character so much that you're just like, go for it. Go for mm -hmm. it. And it's just like, and she does it and she's like fumbling with the plug trying to get it in. And, and I was like, what are you doing? You're not <laughs> yeah. going to, oh, you just blended his brain. Girl, you just yeah, blended his brain. Brendan has been, it's funny too because your next to me set like a standard that he has to reach now every single time I see one of yeah. his things. Yeah. And so far, like the guest kind of, you know, probably 75-80% of the way there. You know, Blair Witch, <clears throat> eh, not even close. So, you know, it's like he he's 
But of course, I haven't seen the two VHS shorts that he did because I can't sit through those movies. Um, I'm just bored with them. I just, I, and it's funny because I love horror anthology. So I don't understand yeah. how I can't sit through those. I just I, can't I really like them. Maybe like, I don't know. I don't know. I, I uh, maybe I'll sit and I'll give him a new a new other try. But I'm indifferent. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'll watch anything. That's obvious. They made a third one, so I'm like, all right, now I've got three I have to sit oh, through. Oh, I I thought that the third one was like totally unrelated or something. I heard it was just like unwatchable. I've heard oh. it is unwatchable. Yeah. So I'm just kind of like, uh, um. Maybe I should, um, yeah. Well, next, um. he's going to have a uh, lot riding on his next movie, which is Godzilla vs. King Kong. I think that's what it's... Yes, I heard Whoa. that today. Yeah. And it stars uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Ooh. our uh, favorite wannabe little sister. <laughs> yeah. She can could, she could carry anything she's in, so she's I know. got a good good start right there. So he's, like, breaking big, and he's going to, you know, yeah. have this massive probably would be the budget of all of his previous movies combined. (laughs) (laughs) And it'll be interesting to see how it turns out because, you know, I thought that Blair Witch was a giant pile of crap. I loved The Guest and really liked your next. Yeah. There's a lot of potential there. I mean, very obviously, Uh, so. um, uh, How did you hide that Alexander Skarsgård is in... Godzilla versus Kong for me. I um. I I forgot. I was gonna tell you Peter <laughs> Peter Sarsgaard's in it, but no. Nope. <laughs> it's because they actually this cat this cast looks pretty good. They've got some pretty good people in here. Oh oh spe- oh, and Lance Reddick is in it. Lance Reddick is the guy from The Wire that we keep talking about from the guest. Uh. Weird. <laughs> okay, and also on that note, um, I came across a movie that I'm excited about that I'm pretty sure has. Alexander Skarsgård in it mm-hmm. <laughs> with mm. with Micah Monroe and it's about um it's it's like this I'm not sure exactly why they're there but I think they may be breaking into this house and they come across this like couple that has like this sadistic like dungeon in their basement and stuff and it's called Villains and it had a really good cast um I saw came across it last night and got excited about it well, I mean, as soon as you said sex dungeon, I was in. Yeah, so. I know, right? I, I didn't say sex dungeon. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Your brain is playing Whoops. dirty tricks on you. Sorry. Well, and uh, uh, if it is Alexander Sarsgaard, whatever his name is, I'm Sex dungeon. I'm there. Oh, sorry. I, I, get, I know, right? Yeah. I get him, like, <laughs> completely confused with his brother. Um, Phil? Yes. Yeah. I mean... I, Ooh, uh, not not based I, on their appearances, but just their names. You know, I hear a name yeah. and I can't picture which one it is. I just always remember that. Well, a I Alexander was in True Blood, mm. so I, yeah. I know him from that, and I know Bill from um, it. Well, I know him from it, but actually, oh, what <laughs> the hell, Castle Rock, was it? Castle Rock. No, it's not even from that either. It's from a Netflix show that he did where oh. he was a vampire, kind of, sorta. And oh, Femke yeah. Jensen uh, was in it with him, and I was like, oh, Femke Jensen! I gotta go watch it, because she's amazing. Huh. And I was like, who is this guy? I really like oh, him. Oh, my God. And then Why I found out he was everybody? a Skarsgård, and I was like, um, these people walked out of the good end of the DNA pool of Sweden, and I need to go take a dip in that pool. Well, it, it, is, <laughs> it is Sweden, you know. I know, I know. Hemlock Grove! Hemlock Grove! Oh, yes. okay. I still have to finish it. I, I, I didn't watch the, the final season. 
I, I made did it because I like that creepy little scars game. I, oh I made it like one episode in and then it was like, I'm a throat I'ma jump off a cliff. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I could see that. I I mean if you you know, if you didn't have a weird psychosexual yeah. like yeah. yeah. The scars I didn't guard, even they got me I didn't hooked. even get far enough to see that he was in it and I also didn't know who he was oh. at the time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Did you guys see that movie with uh, Alexander Skarsgård where it's a girl that's like 15 and she's in the 70s and her, mo- her yeah. mom is Kristen Wiig? What, yeah. what is, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah. What is that called? Um, <laughs> are, I mean, are you just setting us up for failure at this it's, point? It's, it's called like A Girl's Life or like... It, and on our next podcast of movies we saw that we can't remember the title. That we really liked. Well, the point is, she has an affair with Alexander Sarsgaard, who's like, you know, this friend of her mom's. <laughs> and it's really hot. <laughs> yeah. There, there's a lot of uh, coming-of-age movies where... Uh, the mom's boyfriend is is troublingly hot and I think it I'm not entirely sure how I feel about I think it. Aaliyah Shawcat might be in it, but I can't really remember. I'm looking <laughs> I have a terrible memory. It's it's not uh, a horror movie. Diary of a teenage girl. Okay. There you go. There you go. I love that movie. It was really cute. He also showed up to the premiere in drag and he looked fantastic to that why (laughs) that's a great question okay it's a yeah interesting yeah i i I don't know why i think somebody involved in the cast also did drag makeup and he was like oh can could you do that for me and then everybody was like oh (laughs) that's only my dream come true and only if we can make out later (laughs) Yeah. Right, it was like they, they. He looked great. I mean, he looked like a football player, but like, you know, the best he could be in that mm-hmm. way. I gotcha. Well, I think that we've kind of like lost the, lost the, fucking, lost the. <laughs> <laughs> we lost the plot. That's we the word. Yeah. That's the word. God damn it! I was gonna say like, note. <laughs> Yeah, the death note. We've lost the note of this uh, topic show. <laughs> About 15 minutes ago. We always hey. do. That's what we do. So, we, you know, <laughs> there ain't no shame in editing the last 10 minutes. Bitch, I don't edit. Uh, oh, never mind. I mean, so, I, I edit. Sorry about I that. I splice it all together, but I don't, like, remove anything. <laughs> this is pure gold oh. and the public needs it. I know, That's right? right. <laughs> So, the moral Sorry. of this episode about Adam Weird is that you should watch Diary of a Teenage Girl, starring Alexander Skarsgård and yeah. Kristen Wiig, my dream best friend. <laughs> That's oh. right. She's the best. Yeah, and, uh, you know, appreciate your your memory now that you have it, because you will lose it. You will lose so. it, is, yep. is that a yep. bong in your hand? <laughs> it looks like it. Dude, dude. Okay. I don't need the cops coming to my door, so no. I meant a water pipe. Is that a water pipe? That's right. Okay, gotcha. It's a none of your business pipe filled with dreams. Ah. (laughs) 
Um, and that's why I have problems with my short and long-term memory. No, see, we have a problem. We all have a problem with our short and long-term memory because we grew up in the 90s when the music was just made to be earworms. And now, Mm -hmm. 20 years later, we know all of the lyrics to salt and Pepper's Shoop, but we cannot (laughs) remember how to do long division. Yes. This is our problem in life. (laughs) That's right. Thank you. That's it. That's it. I mean, end of podcast. Yep. Girl, what's my weakness, men? <laughs> end of story. I don't know all the lyrics to that song, but earlier today, oh. I was cleaning my house and singing, and I realized I was singing Forgot About Dre. <laughs> <laughs> Nowadays, everybody got to talk like, like they got something to I'm the say. Whitest person, I'm the whitest person on the planet. I'm just, like, cleaning. Y'all know me. Still the same old G, but I've been low-key. <laughs> yeah. And I do yeah. know all the lyrics That's, to that song because see, yeah. I love me some Dre. There's just some this yeah. music that just gets stuck in your head and you're just like, wait, what? Seriously? Yeah. Somebody last night, I host karaoke on Saturdays and last night was one of the nights I hosted and somebody sang a song called Shake It Up. I haven't heard the song in ages and one of my directors in college used it as Is like it, uh, the theme song for one of... Florence and the Machine? No, it's an older song. It's from like the 80s. Oh. And um, it was one of those like... It got, like, he put the slip in, and I was like, oh, shake it up, whatever. He The song started playing, and I was like, I know every word to this song. I know a whole dance to this song. I know. I was like, oh, my God. Yeah. Seriously? How? Oh. It's the Cars. Yeah. It's, oh, okay. It's by the Cars, yep. Yeah. Yep. And I'm like. Yeah. I, I will listen to something I haven't listened up to since high school. Like, I don't know, System of a Down self-titled. And I know yeah. every lyric to every song because yeah. back then my memory worked. <laughs> yeah, right. Same. And it is Same. stored firmly in my long-term memory and has taken all the space that should be used for things like history and math. <laughs> yep, yep. It's mm-hmm. terrible. Every time somebody sings a song at karaoke like Baby Got Back or something like that that everyone in the whole room knows all the words to without looking at the screen... The first thing I say is, what have we forgotten that we right. need to know because we know all the lyrics to that song? It's very I, true. I, there's got to be some survivalist instinct somewhere, like some survivalist knowledge somewhere that we're all going to be like, can't survive the zombie apocalypse because I can't remember how to do this because I can sing Baby Got Back beginning to end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. But I've got that talent. I can do that. I know. That's right. It's oh, it's a problem. So Anyways, problem. enough of our elder millennial whining. <laughs> um, excuse me, I am not a millennial. I I, I guess um. technically I'm a millennial, but I'm kind of more like a zennial. <laughs> yeah, that mm-hmm. new thing, that zennial thing, it's like. So this is my thing. Millennials <laughs> are technically anybody who was born from like 1980 all the way up to like 2000. I know. It's like a 20 that's... year span, and I'm like. That's a. There's a big, no. there's a wide spectrum of childhoods in there. Yeah, I'm like, um, like, I grew up without technology. Like, we had a TV. That was it. Then in high school, like, in junior high and maybe, like, 6th, 7th grade, I got, like, I got a computer and stuff like that. Like, so it's, like, it's not like I was, you know, in 1st, 2nd, 3rd grade, like, 5, 6, 7, 8, mm-hmm. with a computer, with an iPad, with a laptop, with all of this shit. I know. So I'm like... I didn't have my first cell phone until 1998, and I've had the same fucking phone number since then. <laughs> you know, uh, it's like... <laughs> I, think if, I think if you can remember the 80s, 
you yeah. are not a millennial, which I can remember the 80s. I fucking yeah, so I. danced to beat it on my yeah. Spider-Man tape deck. No millennial, no true millennial can say that. <laughs> yeah, it's like I had Thriller on vinyl. Oh, shit, girl. Yeah. <laughs> you win. <laughs> I is old, people. I is old. So old. <laughs> my whole 37-year-old self is old. Really? I thought you were like 50. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I am. Ooh. Sometimes I am. I like when I go to the ooh. store and I'm pissed that they don't have the right cross stitch floss that I want. I'm about I'm about ninety at that point. I'm so kidding. <laughs> I go to Michael's and Joanne's like at least once a week. Oh yeah, same, same. And I you you best believe that I use my coupons. Say I was pissed today. I went to Harbor Freight because I needed I needed to um, new um, I needed new uh, crafting gloves because I ran out. So I was like, I'll go to Harbor Freight because they're like four ninety nine. And I had a coupon that were only going to be like two ninety nine. Got all the way out there and realized I left my fucking coupon at home. I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> there were like four other things I wanted to buy, but I was only going to buy them because I had a coupon. I didn't bring my coupon with me. I told G- uh, I told Bloody Mary last night that I was <laughs> planning to quit smoking today, and I was like, mm-hmm. I'm I'm ready. I've got heart candies and a crystal candy dish because I'm your grandmother. <laughs> 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 well, I have like if you would like crystal candy dish, I would be happy to give you some. No, I have like crystal, I have like three. <laughs> you know, I oh yeah no crystal candy dishes were going to be the centerpieces at my wedding last year, so I have about nine hundred of them. Mm. Before we realized Whoa. that we were like mm, this doesn't really go like go with what we want, and um, so I literally have like a stack of probably ten or twenty of them sitting in my basement, and I'm like they're gonna sit there until I decide to donate them back to Savers where I bought them originally. <laughs> I just I just right. keep buying them at the thrift store because they're pretty. Yeah. They're pretty. They're pretty. Like I don't have enough things to go in all the cute containers that I have. <laughs> I know. Mm-hmm. I know. Well, we should probably we should do another. We should do another podcast just about thrifting. <laughs> and our boxes that are full of smaller boxes. <laughs> yes, mm. our boxes that are full of smaller boxes. Baskets that have baskets in them. <laughs> yeah, I have this big plastic container that's full of smaller containers. That yep. I could just use yep. for any time I next need a container of a particular size. Well, then you will mm. have the you will have the correct container to put any type of body part in for any horror movie that you could ever think of because this is a horror podcast. So we should probably right. get back on topic. Well, if I ever All murder right. someone, say goodbye. I will. If I ever murder someone, I will cut them into very small pieces, put them in little tiny adorable collectible boxes, and like send them to like. Mm, people all over the United States. There you go. All right. There you go. Can't trace back. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> never. I I have to make a quick and hasty exit. Okay. So, um, but it was a pleasure, ladies. You too. Yeah. Stay right. bloody. Get together again. <laughs> yeah. Reunited. Feels so good. Feels so good. Somebody sang that at karaoke last night. Stop it. Fuck. It's gonna be in my head all fucking week now. Fuck that person. <laughs> Person. All right. Oh, I'll send you guys the picture of the people that sang it because you will die. <laughs> I'm ready to die. You will die. <laughs> After this conversation. After this conversation. All right. Well, we're gonna right, we're gonna actually wrap it up. So, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, you are a true champ. <laughs> we love you. We'd love to hear from you on what your favorite directors of the horror renaissance are, so we can talk about them. <laughs> All right. Samara, go back to your well. I'm going to go back to, like, cutting up my prom date. Okay. Bye. Bloody Mary, go back to your mirror. She's she's dead now. (gasps) 
Aww. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye.